Hey, psh, come here. I want to tell you something. A word in your ear from this obsessed fan. This 12th Queen Deep Dive, the second song on their Queen 2 album from 74, is my very favorite song by them. My absolute pinnacle of their talents epitomizes everything I love about them. Favorite song. It's called Father to Son. And you're not going to find a lot about this song out there. Trust me, I've looked. Nobody talks about it. Nobody talks about it. Fun fact, my highest upvoted comment on Reddit is quoted lyrics from this song. I am so proud of that. (laughs) I didn't plan that. I dropped into the Ask Reddit sub one day and somebody said, what are some song lyrics that you absolutely love? It's a common question on that sub. You probably see it once a week. And I guess I answered at the right time because for some reason, everybody started upvoting these lyrics. And there were so many comments, people talking about, I forgot how hard Early Queen was, and I forgot just how great this song was. And I thought, yes, people are going to start listening to Father to Son. Of course, that came and went in a flash, but I was so excited at that moment that some interest was put back onto this brilliant song. So yeah, my 12th dive, the second song on Queen 2, it's a Brian May composition. I think it was so wise for the guys to put Brian's tracks before Freddie's on this album. Let's talk a little bit about that. I mentioned it in my previous dive per session, how this album is split into a white side and a black side. And that was not really intentional by the guys. It's simply how they decided to arrange the tracks and it makes perfect sense. All but one of the tracks on the white side are Brian's compositions and Freddie's are on the black side. And with Brian, we always get a little bit more refinement, a little bit more melody, a little bit more lyrical performance of a song. So I think for them to put his tracks first creates this incredible glam rock, super intentful sound that we really didn't have as much on their debut Queen. I'm not saying those songs weren't organized. I'm not saying those songs didn't have a certain attention to detail that's required for such elaborate arrangements. But here, it just feels that much more tied together, super tight, incredibly mature at this point. You can tell that these guys were, (laughs) they weren't just ready to explode here. They were exploding. It's fabulous. It's absolutely stunning. I've already talked about the overproduction of Queen 2 and that this was the first time they had proper access to a studio, but I want to talk about that again because this is the moment, this is the first full song where we get to hear what they're capable of when they have no boundaries and they're not limited to what they can accomplish in a studio. It really sounds like they went in and finally had the time, the team, the capacity, the technology, everything they needed to create this super over-the-top, wear-the-tape-out <laughs> album. I mean, every single one of the guys has talked about this album and how they went nuts with the overdubs and the effects and the panning and everything was 
to the max and then some. And I love it. And I think that we're getting this full unbridled enthusiasm. Like these guys are in a candy store and they're just eating everything they can possibly get. That's what this sounds like in these songs. It's amazing. And it makes for this incredible second album that finally showcases what they really are as a rock band unit, glam rock, ballads, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, everything that we're going to get in the future, it's all here, these lovely teasers. We don't have the same kind of versatile songs that we'll get with the next album, but what we have here are those trademarks that we'll hear again and again and again. So yeah, this is an incredible album, and this first full song hits it off with amazing power. This is a progressive heavy metal power ballad. That is the best description I could come up with. I've read countless. Yes, there's some glam rock in here as well. It's a heavy theme on Queen 2. It's about 147 beats per minute. It's a little bit varied, but generally speaking, we're at 147. 4-4, time signature, and only a handful of keys. A little bit of G minor, but mostly G major, F major, and E major. Dramatic, rousing, and unpredictable. Carefully arranged key changes and shifts in style create an anthematic ode to family and fatherly wisdom. Again, this is immediately more precise, elegant, mature, and melodic than previous Heavy Queen tracks. It's less chaotic, and rough guitars are traded for softer, classically inspired sounds, at least in the verses of this song. It's such a thing of beauty, with structure a little grace, and a lot of attitude. Incredibly intentional song. It was played 149 times from 73 to 76, and I gotta say, I'm super sad. They never threw it back on a set list, ever. Super sad, because if they had included it, I think they could have done a lot with the solo section. I think they could have done a lot with an outro. I think they could have done a lot with so many things of this song. But because it was included early on their set list, there's not a whole lot of live recordings of it, honestly, despite the fact that it was performed almost 150 times. There's only a handful you're going to find to listen to. And some of them are bootlegs, and they just don't sound that great. But we take what we can get. <laughs> the oldest live recording and perhaps the first ever live performance of Father to Son is actually the oldest known recorded live performance period from the boys at the Hippodrome in September of 73. And the power of this, as you would expect, live is quite impressive with only the four of them playing. The only... Only thing lacking is the harmony vocals, which of course are limited simply because they can't overdub live. Freddie would sometimes sing different lyrics, especially in early performances of the song. And I have a feeling that's because the song was still in its infancy. At the time, they hadn't even released Queen 2 yet in 73. So what you hear out of Freddie's mouth is often very different in certain verses than what you get on the album. They seldom extended the song, and in fact, it was usually shorter live as they never did a long fade out that you hear on the album. But Brian's guitar playing is, as always, live, impressive, lyrical, pristine. He seldom, if ever, played the same arrangement as on the album version. His solo is always fun, varied, unpredictable, heavy, and hard. 
If anything was ever extended live, it was Brian's solo, and for good reason. And John, gotta mention that guy live, always holding down the fort, putting so much aggression into his riffs, so much personality in his playing despite his quiet demeanor. It's always surprising. And Roger dominates per the usual. Freddie's voice, especially in these early performances, rings out so crystal clear, such power, such effortlessness. But, but he sounds a little less confident at times, depending on the performance. And I've, I've noticed this, that generally this song, for whatever reason, never translated as well live and always seemed a little bit less organized. It lacks the punch of lyre or other ballad rock contrasts like Doing All Right, which, I mean, that song live is amazing. That extended guitar solo and breakdown in the middle is so good. Little note, I think to myself, is that Raj or Freddie's ooze at the end of the solo phrases? There's a couple of moments where as the drums wind down, we get this that just kind of lingers in the background. And I really can't tell who that is. I, I can't tell if that's Raj or Freddie. Maybe I'll never know. Brian said about this song that The Who had a sort of clang guitar sound, you know, the open chord guitar sound. There is a bit of that in Father to Son, but our sound is sort of more based around the overdriven guitar sound, which is what is used on the main bulk of the song. And Brian said that in 83 at BBC Radio 1. This song is sung from the perspective of a father talking to her about his son. It's really as simple as the title says. And at this point, this isn't too surprising coming from Brian. We always get thoughtful, deeper, insightful, introspective tracks from him. He likes to go into relationships, connections, family, passions, and it's an interesting look into this facet of his personality that we don't often get. He speaks at length in interviews and even on social media now about big concerns and developments within the world. But to hear him go into something so deeply with so much ferocity as a writer and a producer and an arranger is really nice because we get that look at What's he dwelling on at this moment? What are his thoughts on this subject? And he's very, very well articulated when he writes like this. It's why I love his compositions probably the most collectively out of any of the guys in Queen, simply because I can relate to that kind of sentiment in a song. Fun facts. John plays acoustic guitar here. Very cool. And Brian plays piano especially that moment with the soft third verse when the drums and the solo drop out and we get that lovely, delicate head voice from Freddie, that a word in your ear. And we get that lovely piano from Brian that complements it so well. Gosh, they, they played and sang and worked together so well. Always impressive. It's time to critique the song itself now. I wish I had more to say about critics' comments and what people say, but the truth is, there's not a lot out there about this song. And it's interesting because, again, I feel like it's one of the best compositions on the album, period. The expression, the chord progressions, everything about it is so well done. The guys sound great. They're in top form here. I mean, yeah, I suppose you could say that about just 
almost any track that they do on these albums because they would only do the best stuff they had. I mean, they wrote so many songs and they'd throw so many to the side to focus on the ones that they knew were going to stand up on their own. But this song to me just has such a special quality. It's, it just feels like everything came together here for this recording on the album. That's all. It just feels absolutely immaculate. I love it. Love this song so much. It opens with arpeggios, which linger from Procession's outro. It's one of my favorite things. I love arpeggios. They're so simple, but so effective. And this is, again, immediately more refined than guitars, drums, and bass in unison, accidentals falling down the scale. That minor tonality bass contrasts with the major tonality of the song. And then a crescendo rises to take us off into the first verse. Freddie rings out a word in your ear from father to son. Drums offset his commanding tone. The guitar and the drums make use of sporadic triplet arrangements. Nice touch. Lyrically, this is soft and thoughtful even. On paper, it reads like a touching letter or simple advice. If you read the lyrics straight, you kind of go... Wow, this is just super simple. There's nothing groundbreaking here. But among the grandiose rock and roll, it has so much weight and impact. It's so memorable. After the lead-in vocal, guitars fill the speakers like aching strings, such impressive effects. And no wonder everybody thought these were synthesizers. The drums in this track are so loud and strong, even during the slower arrangements. Very nicely balanced. The production is great. A very nice drum roll takes us into what will become a commonly used queen chord arrangement, which Brian utilizes again later, particularly in Las Palabras de Amor. The quote-unquote chorus has one of my favorite rousing sonic tones here or anywhere. We have G major with a perfectly flatted seventh, C major with a suspending seventh, A minor again with that lovely seventh, and a solid perfect fifth D to resolve it. Some very nice subtle reverb ambience in the harmonies, ambiance. The guys always keep us on our toes with those not too cozy harmonies. Into the second verse, louder guitars soaring higher, but still classically influenced, perfectly singable and memorable. Freddie sounds fabulous. I could cap every verse or chorus with that statement because his voice really is phenomenal, especially on these early albums where his youth is there and he's in full chest voice. So beautiful. Then we get another set of those lovely rousing chords in the next chorus. And then after the second verse, a repeat of the intro arpeggios, then suddenly, very suddenly, there's a surprising vocal harmony layer. This is very reminiscent of Good Vibrations by the Beach Boys or Day Tripper by the Beatles. So cool. I love both the bands, obviously. And that was the first thing I thought when I heard this was, Beach Boys, hey, hey, this shifts direction in the bridge entirely, accompanied by Roger's rushing cymbals. I love the percussion here. I just love the energy here. I love it. You know, something is coming when you hear this. This rises into one of Queen's hardest and finest 
moments, a lengthy guitar solo with clever panning, full and loud drums, and complimentary bass. This, ladies and gentlemen, is the moment where I have speakers on way too loud and I'm running way too fast and I'm having so much fun, whatever I'm doing when I listen to this. The key change, pounding bass, drum riffs, incredibly deep and driving guitar, a guitar riff for the ages, Freddie's convincing and aggressive delivery. This is actually the moment that I chose to quote in those lyrics on Reddit. Take this letter that I give you. Take it sunny, hold it high. You won't understand a word that's in it, but you'll write it all again before you die. Mm-hmm, so good. I love the moment there after Freddie goes, Take it sunny, hold it high. And there's this part where Brian plays this riff that will just get under your skin and you have to rewind it and listen to it again and again. It's so good. Seriously, it's so good. It is one of those moments that lifts your spirits, gives you goosebumps, all of that jazz. What follows is guitars all over the place, panning and competing for your attention. So perfectly done. There's so much going on here. But there is space for everything to shine. Every effect, every snare, every cymbal. John's and Brian's unified playing. It's all done with weight, intention, carefully placed, and perfectly executed. Easily Queen's hardest moment on any track. And one of my favorite moments, if not my very favorite, ever. Then finally, there's a crash. Freddie's delicate delivery, pleading, hoping. Brian's lovely piano, the ooze and harmonies that amplify the amazing chords again. Just incredible. And once more, a rise in intensity contrasted with a pause and softness. Father to father to father to son. It's so perfect the way it resolves those harmonies. Simple but amazing. The outro begins with acoustic guitars. Is that you, John? In that outro, playing that acoustic guitar, plenty of grounding bass, Rogers rolls and riffs, cyclic vocals and harmonies, a subtle feedback and resolving chord overwhelms the slowly fading aggression. We end on a satisfied and optimistic note of sparkle. Wow. Just talking about it makes me want to listen to it again. It makes me want to listen to it and critique it while I listen to it. Maybe I should try that on my next dive. That would make for a very interesting dive because I think about all this while I'm listening to it for the next dive and I get everything ready and I've got my thoughts together, but I'm not actually listening to anything while I talk. So that could be an interesting direction to take. So that is father to son, everyone. And if there's one, one recording that's live, I think you should check out. It would be the 73 Hippodrome recording, which is the first ever known live recording of Queen. That's what makes it so important. But I think it's great to listen to Father to Son on it because this track was probably still in its infancy. So the lyrics are different. The only thing lacking on it is Freddie's vocals because the bootleg recording just doesn't have the quality you would have on a typical recording, obviously. So Freddie is just a little bit too far away in the mix. Otherwise, 
the drums, the bass, the guitars, you get all of the instruments at full capacity. And Freddie, because of the quality of his voice, you can still hear him. You just don't have that nice balance, that brilliance. If you want to listen to another live recording, I suggest you check out the Live at the Rainbow version from 74, but please go to the pre-pitch corrected one. I don't really want to elaborate on that here. I don't like it at all (laughs) when previous recordings, especially historic rock recordings, are messed with when it comes to pitch correction. I want to hear something the way it was heard all those years ago in that concert hall. I do not want to hear something that's been tweaked. So go find, in fact, I'll link to it in this song. Go listen to the unedited Live at the Rainbow version. That will give you a good idea of how it sounded live with Freddie's voice at full volume as it should be. But that is Father to Son. Again, my very favorite Queen song. Yep, it blows all the others out of the water for me. Even their biggest hits, their most fantastic harmonies. Yes, all of those songs, as great as they are, this to me is the best deep track that you're going to find. And I think it is the perfect definition of brilliant Queen. Because every single one of the guys has a moment here that will just blow your mind. All incredible. All in top form. The best queen. All right, guys. That is my 12th queen deep dive. I will be back with some more from their album Queen 2. And more positive thoughts as well. So I'll talk to you guys again. And of course, keep yourselves alive. And go listen to Father to Son. You will not regret it.